I'm Scott Hansen, and welcome to a special edition of State of the Industry. This is a podcast that uh, we do here at Allworth Financial. And we put this out basically because of the response uh, with coronavirus, what's happening both to the markets, how we're responding with our advisors and clients, and also with our employees. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because these these kind of shocks come from hit our economy and they tend to be unexpected right so this is kind of an unexpected type of thing and that's why the markets are selling off and it was uh, on on Monday March the 9th when the Dow I think we finished down a couple thousand points it was clear that day that things were changing and we also were starting to get some uh, issues with employees having kids whose schools were canceled and other employees not feeling comfortable to come in the office because of this. So we uh, we did a couple different things on that day. And so at Allworth, we've got over 200 employees. We've got offices uh, in several cities throughout the country. And we thought I'd take this time to talk about some of the things that we've done internally, not that we have all the answers, but some things that we've done have done internally here to both do a better job communicating with our clients uh, communicate with our advisors and uh, dealing with the rest of our staff and preparing um, for what happens if suddenly uh, the whole office is quarantined and we can't come in. So we've got two great guests with us today, and they're both internal guests. Brad Bokstein is our uh, director of VP of marketing and heads up all our marketing, and we're going to talk about some of the changes that we've <laughs> uh, we're having to do as a result of this, and we'll talk about some client communication. And then also Julie Anderson, who heads up our human resources uh, group and is responsible for all of our employees. And, and uh, so we're going to hear from, from both of those uh, today. So hopefully you will get something out of this that you can apply to your own practice, whether you're a very small organization or a large organization or somewhere in between. Okay, now uh, we're here with the Executive Vice President of Marketing for Allworth, uh, Brad Bukestein. And uh, Brad, let's chat about the, the week of March 9th, right? Uh, the start of the week, the Dow down a couple thousand points. The Dow had been off before. Let's talk, I want to talk to you about a couple things. One is, what have we done as an organization as far as client communication? And then also, what have we done as far as our prospective client, trying to get future clients in? Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, typically, uh, as an organization, we get together as a group and decide if uh, a particular market movement or an activity that's happening warrants a client response. And depending on the situation, we'll make a decision there. And so the week of March 9th, we got together, clearly a good opportunity for us to reach out to our clients. And so uh, I think we always think about the balance between over-communication and under-communication, right? So when if you over-communicate with clients, sometimes it can send the wrong message that they should be more concerned than they are. Uh, and if you under-communicate, obviously, people are wondering if we're even paying attention, right? I think not only that, most of, I mean, our clients, our best clients are delegators, right? So right. people can do it themselves. They can, right. they're successful people with their finances that don't work with advisors, that do it all themselves. The ones that work with advisors tend to be delegators, That's right. either because they it's, they can afford an advisor and they want the luxury of it, or they're just incompetent and they know it, so they hire an advisor. And if we over-communicate, if we do over-educate them too much... Uh, they're thinking, why am I hiring you, and why do I have to pay attention to this stuff? That's all right. You should be worrying about this stuff for me, right? And, and so, right. and we, you know, we monitor everything that we send to clients, and there are certain clients that will never read an email from us because they are comfortable with us managing and, and worrying about that part of their life for them. And there are some clients that want to see everything from us, and so just striking that right balance between what we communicate and how often is is a key component of our communication. Yeah, plan. we sent a we sent an email a video out. Um, uh, the latter part of, of April, the Dow was down. I think it was a thousand points. It was a bad day. We decided to put together, um, send an, uh, a video email. So we did a 
two minute video or something like that, right? right? Latter part of uh, February. Yeah, latter part yes. of February. Yep. Yeah, latter yep. part of February. Yep. Uh, two minute video, just kind of basically saying the market stink and we're here for you. <laughs> yeah, essentially. So the last two weeks, what we've done, there's been three emails. Uh, the first was that first Monday when the market was down, and then it was uh, that Friday, and then again uh, earlier this week. And typically when we send an email, there's two components to it. There's an article which tends to be from our CIO, which goes a little bit more in depth, and it's trying to help people understand uh, maybe some of the causation or some of the technical nuances of why the market is behaving the way that it is. And for those people that want to um, understand why we feel like we should be able to serve that. And the second is more of a video and that's trying to provide some historical context to be able to explain that these things happen, that over time that, um, we can expect these things, although we don't know that, um, the cause of these, that these will happen over time. And that the point of those videos is to instill confidence, right? That we have their, that we have their back, they're watching these things, we're monitoring them and to really instill that, um, the confidence in us as a firm to manage these things for them. So the email that went out on Monday the 9th, have you seen the stats those for how many, what yes. percentage opened? Yep. And it's about, it's about consistent. So this is our third email right in a, in a series. So it's pretty consistent. So the first email, I think about 65, almost 70% of our clients opened and read some portion of that email. The second email we sent out was about 55%. This last one was about 50%. So as it goes, they, they start to get more and more comfortable with the cadence and, and what we're communicating. But uh, typically when a market moves this much- And these much, are over half the clients watch the video? Uh, they'll read either watch the video or read the article, right? right. And so it just demonstrates um, the importance of us sending stuff out. And we get lots of notes from our clients back responding to the email saying, thank you, this helps me feel better. Um, and then obviously our advisors will tell us that those emails go a great distance in helping them deal with their clients as well in the, the day-to-day communications. Yeah, and, and frankly, it, I don't know what percentage of, of calls or emails that it wards off, but it, we actually haven't A-B tested it. So I don't know if I'd really want to do that because I don't think that would be fair to do sure. them. But uh, it, uh, clearly there are clients that when they see that, read that, they think, all right, no reason to call. They right. got. That's exactly right. And, and we, we actually um, get quite a bit of that feedback that, that those emails really do help. Um, just make sure that they all know that we are watching and thinking about those kind of things. And so the, uh, the other thing that you're worried about, uh, and we're all worried about as an organization, our, our firm grows uh, quite a bit each year through organic growth. This year, we're on our, our plan is to have how many new clients? For the uh, 830 new clients. 830 new clients, um, or, organic. These are, these are clients that we generate as a firm. They're not referrals from uh, custodians. These are all for, uh, clients that we generate. And we do that through a lot of, uh, a lot of live events and digital events. So tell us what about what we've got lined up in the next couple of weeks and some of the our concerns we have at the moment. Yeah. So the, the, and not that this is a big concern for the world, but in our, in our world, the, the timing is, um, is unfortunate because we do have live events that we do uh, in the middle of March and uh, these tend to be our busiest, uh, workshops of the whole year. Uh, we tend to have a couple hundred people in each venue show up. And so, um, how many of, people do we have? So it's the week of March 9th. These yep. are scheduled to start the week of March 16th. Yep. How many people are registered for the uh, We probably have about 1,000 people registered so okay. far, and we're really only in week one of promotion of a couple of markets. And so we probably get to two to 2,500 people um, by the time this thing is over. Assuming the coronavirus doesn't scare them yeah, away. That's correct, yeah. And so far, it doesn't seem to be uh, to doing that. So, yeah, so part of, you know, um, especially being here in California, there's a lot of uh, venues and events being canceled locally here. And so... Um, what we've done uh, to mitigate and in the Bay that, Area, yes, in the Bay Area, offices in the Bay Area. That's correct. That the city said any any government 
facility they don't want to have public events yep. at right and now. And they canceled any event that has over a thousand people needs to be shut down as well. And so not that we would have an event with that many people, but um, yeah, it just the 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 thought is that you know get people gathering together in, in large groups is going to be. Uh, problematic and so um, but we've got workshops we have these scheduled in markets throughout in several correct. markets around the country that's yeah. correct yeah so what we are doing uh, is we are uh, recording one of our live events early next week um, where by the way we will be addressing the topic which is social security but we'll also be spending the first half of the presentation talking about the market and the turbulence and we're able to pivot and, and create some material for that workshop and so we'll record that and actually make that available for anybody that does not feel comfortable showing up to the live event um, or wants to watch it, you know, if they happen to miss the live events, so they registered and, and weren't able to attend, we can um, communicate it that way. And, and those have been successful for us, and uh, people have been appreciative in the past of being able to watch and not have to, to drive to an event to yeah. show up. So The reason we like the live events is people, they tend to convert much better to an appointment That's right. after someone's come to a live event. That's right. And through our marketing, we're able to narrow down pretty Pretty well, to the, we want the, the kind of client that shows up for these events. That's exactly right. And I think the other thing which has been interesting is, so our, our industry in general is, is um, it lacks a lot of trust from consumers, right? In really? Fact, yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of the, uh, I think it's the single lowest industry in terms of uh, tr- uh, trust, inherent yeah. trust from the consumers, right? And so the, any opportunity that we can use and for anyone listening, you can use to establish trust is a, is a good mechanism. And right now people are looking for authority and direction on this topic. And so we've sent out articles um, through both email and through through digital and social platforms. And we've seen a tremendous response from people reading those and being appreciative. And so if you have prospects in your system or like we have, um, it's a good time to establish authority on a topic and, and share your perspective. And that, you know, we think we believe that long term, um, you know, we're going to be OK. It's just these are these are normal bumps in the market. And so that that ability to kind of communicate expertise in a time like this actually goes a long way in gendering some good trust for for prospects. Yeah, big time. And also, we are we're doing a video on a little more in depth. So we've said these shorter videos to our clients. We're doing a 35, 40 minute presentation on kind of the financial markets, history, why stocks, the history of the bear markets, etc. With the idea behind that, the the more people are educated, the less likely they are to make mistakes. That's right. And some study I was uh, reading, looking at recently, some data from Bloomberg. That showed that the if the average bear market during a recession has lasted twenty over twenty two months. So I don't know if we're heading to recession, but I'm not much of a gambler. But if I were a betting man, I'd probably say that this will push us the, the globe into a recession, just because you look. <laughs> I, I, a couple of conferences I was in the next couple of weeks I just canceled on me. I mean, it's just the snowball effect of it all. Uh, and just the lack of productivity that we're feeling here as an organization, even uh, forget that the fact that the, the markets are down. So there's a good, there's a clearly a higher probability today that we're going to have some sort of prolonged bear market. And as we've all, particularly those that have been in the industry a while, we, we, we've seen people that have thrown in the towel near the end of the bear market, and it's been disastrous for them. And so the last thing we want is for people to sell at the wrong time. So the, we believe the more educated they are, the better off they're going to do. So we, we're creating this um, presentation that we're going to record, distribute to our clients first, and then we're going to use it as some digital marketing and promote it to um, uh, potential clients as a way to generate some new interest. And you know, our organization has actually built kind of the traditional – if you think of any sort of product or service that they're selling, there's think of it like a sales funnel and you've got to create brand awareness and then you you drip on them and provide them some more information. That's the one great thing about 
digital marketing because you can really target what people's needs are. Um, but it's no, we view this industry no different than a lot of other industries in the fact that we need to generate interest and then generate leads and et cetera. Although we don't consider ourselves a sales organization where it's a service that we provide, but it's still taking people who don't know who you were before and can warming them up and then having them have the epiphany that they should hire us. Right. right that's exactly right. <laughs> that's the process they go through. And so, um, and Brad's team is, um, is in, responsible for, for leading a lot of that. That's right. And so it, it'll be an interesting year, just at least a couple months, to see our traditional methods yep. of live events. If, if, and if this is over in a few weeks, it's not going to be a big deal. If th- things get worse and uh, suddenly the CDC says no events of more than 100 people or something, or it could yep. change what we're doing. It'd be really curious to see. So on a typical event, 65 to 70% of people that register will show up. It'd be really curious to see what that number looks like in a couple of weeks. It will be lower. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we know yes, that. That's exactly yes. right. Yep. We, yeah, so we've already revised some of our uh, our assumptions for the for the year. But uh, anyway, so Brad, I appreciate you taking a few moments to be with us. And, and I appreciate what you're saying, Brad, is regardless of the size of your organization, if you're just a, you know one advisor with a support staff or whatnot, you can still send out some communication, even if it's a, a video that you do on your, your iPhone have someone hold it up or whatnot. I mean, it doesn't have to, lighting's a key thing. Get some bright lights, but, and do a few takes on it until it, it, you know, you're reasonably comfortable with it and, and send it out. Those little things go a long way in, um, in, in building that trust and providing confidence in people and at the end of the day, helping them be better investors. Right. Yeah, so thank you very much, Brad. So we're t- gonna talk now with Julie Anderson. And Julie, you lead our HR group. I do. Hello, Scott. And you're responsible for all the hiring and whatnot. And so uh, tell us a bit about this this meeting that we had Monday, kind of a hastily scheduled meeting regarding coronavirus. Yeah, we had to kind of turn on uh, on a dime, to, so to speak. And, you know, a lot happened over the weekend. This is a really rapidly evolving situation. And we hear about school districts closing over the weekend and knowing that our employees are pretty apprehensive. What are we going to do as an employer? We decided to get a group of, um, of leaders together to talk about planning. What are we going to do? How are we going to um, address this situation? So we got a team together and we just talked about not only what do we do to address the situation as it stands today, but kind of map out um, what do we do if it gets worse? If, you know, like you said, if we get quarantined, how do we get business done? How do we make sure, you know, our employees are safe or their employees are, you know, their well-being is, is being addressed? Yeah. So what are some of the what are some of the challenges that we faced internally? I mean, some of the things might have been easier to accomplish than others. And so what are what are a couple of the challenges that we've dis- that we discussed and Sure, some of the challenges are remote work. I mean, naturally some positions are much easier to uh, to be done remotely and then we've got other departments that that traditionally you don't do that work from home or from other offices. They may have desktops. There are non-exempt or hourly staff where they're clocking in, they're coming here, they're working, and then they're clocking out. So we really had to think and think outside of the box and look at what are we going to do if they cannot come to the office? How are we going to get business done? Yeah, we have quite a few hourly employees. Yes. Um, and some, at Allworth, we have, most of our advisors have laptops and can work remotely and do occasionally. But a lot of the other um, client service folks and people that deal with the client issues and dealing with paperwork and some of those other things, 
uh, many of those do not historically have not worked remotely. They, they do not. And we do have some that are set up with laptops. So we have asked some of the department heads, the client service department head to, to, to experiment. Let's uh, let some of those employees work from home. How, you know, are there some uh, technical challenges that they might have? What can we do to make that um, experience at least somewhat productive if they're completely locked out of the office or if we can't come in? Yeah, because we discussed here in, in Northern California, where our headquarters are, there's a school district where there was a child that attended the school district there that had tested positive for the virus. Yep. So they, the school decided to close the school for the week. Yep. So we had some employees that had children in the school district that suddenly had to deal with child care issues. Absolutely. And And so what about things such as Paid time off and sick leave. I think we do paid time off as opposed to just sick leave, but. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at each individual and their circumstance. And that was, you know, we talked about that yesterday in the meeting. That's really important is that we don't put out blanket policies of um, because everybody's situation is different. And my main concern is we have to take care of the employees, the associate, make sure that they um, that they feel supported, that they have the flexibility to not only take care of what's at home, but hopefully take care of you know some of their priority um, priority work items at the same time. Yeah, I think we discussed yesterday, and you might have said is that this the, the time this time right now, whether you've got a staff of two people or twenty or two hundred, how you treat and respond to your staff now is going to set the tone for your company, your firm for the next years. Absolutely. They're paying attention, they're watching, they're listening, and how we treat them and respond to this, it, it paves the path and, and it, it sets the tone for And us. it's a tough time because we've got the, the stock markets are reacting, so we've got clients that are maybe frustrated and calling yep. us. And as advisors, we think, well, the clients come first. And I think you know, here at Allworth, we, we really say our associates come first. Right. I mean, we, we believe if you treat your associates and put them first, they're naturally going to put the clients first. So it's... It's a circle of positivity, and everyone's going to take care of everybody. But I truly believe, put the, put the associates first. And we also talked about the scenario, what happens if one of our employees tested positive, mm -hmm. and suddenly we were quarantined, and maybe we can't have anyone come in the office. We've got multiple offices, but right. what happens if it's just one office? What happens if it's a region? Right. Because this is evolving quite quickly. It's changing every, not hourly. every day, it's hourly, absolutely. And that's why we couldn't make, we could have spent hours yesterday talking about contingency plans and what ifs, but to be honest, we knew that that would be fruitless because it could change. And we just figured, look, let's, we know that we're nimble. We can respond really quickly. We, um, we all have the technology to be able to connect no matter where we are, meaning the leadership team, so that we can make the decisions that are right for the staff at but that there's point in time. A couple of key things that, we, that were decided at that meeting. One is, is an inventory of all the laptops that we have as an organization and soft phones. So yep. the way our phone system works is you can use a phone and hook it up to your laptop. And it, when you're at home, it looks just like you're calling from the office and you can receive calls just like from the office, that soft phone. So one is just kind of an inventory, which could be done relatively quickly. And the second was making sure that our, our advisors were uh, proficient with Zoom. Right. Making sure they get that training. Because it's not just the employees not feeling comfortable, but what happens when there's certain clients that aren't comfortable coming in or referrals or potential clients or someone that you've generated from some marketing, they're not comfortable. How can we do business? Yep. 
and we, so, so right now, some of our advisors have used Zoom and are comfortable with it, know how to screen share and all that. For others, there's probably some that have never, they might have responded as an organization when our organization invited them, they right. know where to click, but they've not actually set one up and, and walked a client through, here's how you connect to it. Absolutely. And of course, we encourage that because that face time with them is better than just a phone call. But if they have to, just a phone call. If a client's not comfortable coming in, we certainly aren't going to, um, yeah, yeah. going to give them other options. But we are, but we're clear, we clearly see this as, a, as an opportunity to really uh, lean into to Zoom and encourage all of our advisors to use Zoom with uh, our clients during this time. And so it's just one of the, I think, you know, we go through times like this that are challenging uh, and, you know, Clearly, coronavirus is absolutely horrendous, horrible for those that um, are elderly or uh, have compromised immune systems already. And unfortunately, people have died and people will, will continue to die. That, that's the horrible part of it. But there's also there, through these, these challenges, there can also be opportunities. I think what's important to look as an organization is what are some of those opportunities? And I think here with our employees, it's, we, can really, so we can show our employees that we care about them deeply as humans as, as uh, members of families and, and serve them uh, the same way we'd want to serve our clients. Absolutely. I, yeah. think we're do- I think we're doing that. We're trying. Well, good. Well, Julie, thank you for uh, taking a few moments to join us today, and thanks for being part of Allworth. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, hopefully you found this special edition of our State of the Industry helpful. And our goal here is if there's something that you can learn from here that you can put into your own practice, your own firm, great. I mean, we think if we look at the industry – it's a small percentage. It's a minority that are out there doing the right thing. We believe fiduciary advisors, fee-based advisors that are out serving their clients with a financial planning approach are um, doing the right thing. And so uh, hopefully this helps you in, in uh, keeping your clients and attracting some more clients. And uh, if you want to learn more about Allworth, just go to our website. There should be a link on this podcast, but go to allworthpartners.com. It's our website that's designed specifically for our partners. And I think it's been recently um, revamped. You can find other educational materials on there as well. Uh, And it also talked to you a little bit about all the partners that have joined us. So uh, three years ago, we were roughly 2 billion under management. Today, we are roughly 8 billion under management. We've got over 200 employees. And a large part of that growth has come from other firms that have wanted to join forces with us and become part of one large organization. So uh, I know there's a lot of M&A going on in our industry and a lot of succession planning. For all worth, we are in We're on a journey of building a national firm that can help essentially the middle class millionaire as they're approaching retirement, to and through retirement. And so there's many firms that have joined us and we're looking for other firms that want to both kind of maybe they've stalled in their growth and want to be part of a growth or or just like I'd love to be part of a larger larger team that can provide all these different tools and resources as you serve your clients. So anyway, I I hope this was helpful and have a great week. This podcast has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm with the Securities and Exchange Commission.